Welcome to another episode of the Entrebellion Tapes. My name is China Hawes, and I'm your host and an intuitive business healer. This week, I'm joined in conversation with Billy Joe Ralph, a Reiki master and teacher and owner of Soul Candy Energy Therapy in Boscobel, Wisconsin. I met Billy a couple months ago when she attended one of my workshops up in Viroqua, Wisconsin, at our friend Kayleen's house, who was our guest on last week's episode. Billy had such an energy and a resonance about her that I just really was curious about her work and a little bit more about her perspective in the world. I think what really struck me in getting to know her a little in that workshop was that she's a Reiki practitioner and she's very passionate about being able to be of service to her faith community. And my own experiences with faith and religion have been a lot of my interest in things that are alternative or intuitive um, or focused on energy weren't really welcomed in my own experiences with religion. And so it was really refreshing to me to see Billy be able to kind of navigate and be a part of two seemingly different worlds and be bringing them together through her own work and her own passion. And so we talk about that a bit in the conversation today and and how she really I think had the courage to to navigate this and to really say, you know, this is my soul calling in this life to do this work and to spark healing in other people. And my passion is to be able to bring this back to my faith community and to have these conversations that, you know, might be difficult and challenging, but not shy away from them because she's really able to, I think, embody how do we shift this paradigm? How do we, you know, she talks about making waves. And I think that's exactly what she's doing, but from this really beautiful place of soul of wanting to just spark healing in more people and bring healing and healing opportunities to more people. And so it's just a beautiful way that she works in the world. And I just really was kind of taken with her and taken with her story. So I hope that you will give the full episode a listen. It's about an hour and it flew by for us recording it and we had a lot of fun. here with Billy Joe Ralph of Soul Candy Energy Therapy and we're actually in Boscobel, Wisconsin at her office which is part of Healing Hands and Souls. So welcome Billy, how are you? I'm great, <laughs> thanks for having me. So as we get started just introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners of who are you, what do you do, yeah. I'm Billy Joe Ralph and I'm the owner of Soul Canny Energy Therapy and I operate out of the Healing Hands and Souls building in Boscobel and I offer a relaxation technique called Reiki which we'll dabble in that a little bit later explaining what it is but it just really is amazing gift from God that people can utilize to help heal and balance themselves and just feel better. Awesome. And so how long have you been doing Reiki now? It's been about three years. Okay. And for people who are listening who maybe don't know or know a little bit, like what what is Reiki? Great question. <laughs> so Reiki is a relaxation technique. It's nothing magical, although people tell me all the time <laughs> I have magic hands. Um, it's a relaxation technique, though. And what it is is it's just channeling energy um, with using your hands 
and getting your body back to its natural healing ability. So you're better able to heal, whether it's an emotional level, a physical level, a spiritual level, it really is holistic where it hits on the mind, body, and soul. Awesome. And so I know at one point I had heard in Reiki because I actually have never had it done. I don't think, maybe. See, that's I'm like, don't remember. I don't think I've gone to a specific like Reiki session. I think one time I had like a, an intuitive reading and then she ended with doing a little bit of Reiki or some sort of energy work. So one time I'd heard those with Reiki is that you're never touching the body, but then I had somebody else tell me that was wrong, that in Reiki sometimes you do touch. So kind of what actually happens like in the session? So as a Reiki practitioner, you can choose to do hands-on or hands-off okay. and it, it depends on what works best for you and also what works best for the client. Some clients like to actually have the hands-on because they, they say they can feel the energy even stronger. Some people aren't a touchy type of person, so they would prefer to have hands-off. So it, it really is just work, what works best for the individual practitioner as well as what works best for the client. Okay. So what are types of reasons that somebody might come in and have Reiki done? The list is really endless. <laughs> the biggest thing that I see clients for a lot of times is probably mental health is, is my biggest. But mental health, which includes your anxiety, depression, insomnia is involved in that. Also physical ailments as far as you are having an issue with a leg or you have Lyme's disease and you're not feeling your best or you broke your arm or you have cancer. It's really, really huge right now um, where Reiki practitioners are being brought into cancer departments at hospitals so they can help with not so much just healing, Mm -hmm. but also just helping balance for pain management. So pain management is another huge benefit, but it really, the the possibilities are endless and it, it helps everything. Again, it, it touches a physical level, a mental level, a spiritual level. It's, it's all around. So any ailment that you have that you're just not feeling your best, it can assist you. Okay. That's what I think is so interesting. And in a way too, a little bit for people who are doing alternative healing modalities or alternative work is like, we're used to, I think, a very medical model that's very prescriptive of like, oh, I've broken my arm and here's what you do to fix my arm or, or I'm coming in and I have an infection and here's what you do to fix my infection versus like alternative therapies, which in a lot of ways is a return to how we used to take care of people and bodies is it's not so prescriptive of this is what you do for a broken arm. It's, you know, coming in and having energy work done for any aspect of self, any layer of self. And I think it's so neat because to me that makes it more powerful because it works for so many things. But I do think it's interesting if like it runs into this like barrier for some people of, well, it must not work if it can work for so many things. So do you encounter that sometimes with clients or potential clients or when you're introducing this out in the world? Absolutely. And a lot of times people just don't understand that you really have healing abilities within you. Mm -hmm. You are from God and God has healing abilities. There's so many stories in the Bible that talk about that. And so knowing that you really have a lot of healing options right within you, that's, that's huge. And a lot of times people don't realize that and tap into that. And so what I do is I try to do the work that I do also in conjunction with any medical um, 
things that you're doing, whether it's a medication or surgeries or anything like yeah. that. I don't ever tell anybody not to do that kind of stuff, but that it works great as a partner to assist with it. And so a lot of times people just jump on the bandwagon of modern medicine and, and easily do that. And that's awesome. But there's also some natural things that you can do along as with it as well. And, and I do things like essential oils too, yeah. which also I believe are very natural and can replace sometimes or aid in other things that you're doing. So I really think the medical world that's modern as well as the modalities that are natural really can work hand in hand so people are able to do what works best for them. Yeah. Well, and even when you were talking about with like, you know, cancer, different things like that, where it's like, I think about I've had some family going through a lot of health stuff and it's like you get very focused on like physically what's happening in my body and physically what's the ailment. And I love that I think there is starting to be a little bit of that move in modern medicine to the whole self and the holistic self. So I love this idea of using Reiki or using these alternative therapies of they can really augment or support other aspects of your healing work or also just other layers of yourself. Like I imagine like the mental, emotional, spiritual piece of going through, like getting a really difficult diagnosis or going through something that's a really difficult treatment plan, or even just, I know a lot of people that deal with like chronic illness where it's like, you're never going to be cured of the physical symptoms that are happening or the physical pain in the body. So I mean, what does that do to like your mental health and your emotional health and your spiritual health? And so being able to partner and bring in even just those layers of things like Reiki and other alternative therapies. Do you see that a lot with people then of, of really being able to help kind of just support that whole person, that whole being? Yes. And, and I think knowing that you're able to, again, bring it from within and use that power that's within you to heal yourself. But so many people are used to having to rely on somebody else and, and being able to to utilize some of that power and that healing that's already there. You just have to tap into it. And so I love being able to have people try it for the first time that they're really kind of on the fence on whether they believe it or what is this crazy stuff you're doing? And then they try it and, and it's an amazing experience for so many people. And, and you cannot explain what a session feels like because Reiki comes to you at the level that you need it. Mm -hmm. And so everybody has different things going on. So Reiki for you is going to feel different than Reiki from me. And, and sometimes Reiki sessions for me are completely different from the last time I had it. It just really depends on what I need at that moment. And so it's pretty awesome to see somebody experience a Reiki session and just feel it and feel how it's going to work for them and help them whatever is going on. And so it's, What's kind of like your, your arrival point to Reiki? Cause I always think that's really interesting of like what got us to, you know, healing really. I've met people who like, they come from families that are really focused on alternative wellness or alternative healing, if I can speak correctly. And so they kind of like, oh yeah, I was always brought up around this. And then I'm like, I think about me where it's like, I was brought up, like we're staying here in rural Wisconsin. I'm from rural Wisconsin is brought very like meat and potatoes, Midwestern working class. So to like come to a lot of this alternative stuff, like was quite a journey to get there. And it was definitely different than like how I was raised or what my community does or where I'm from. And so it's interesting that way of like, how, how does this come onto your radar and how do you arrive? So what was like your journey to becoming not only just like experiencing Reiki, but actually becoming a practitioner of it? 
So a few years ago, I started experiencing anxiety and I had never dealt with anything like that before. And I had always thought growing up, I was a pretty mentally balanced person. I hadn't struggled with that. And it just really came out of nowhere and literally like knocked me down to the point that I was having anxiety attacks and I wasn't really sure what was causing it. And so I went to the doctor and they um, put me on a medication and also suggested that maybe I go see a counselor or um, see a therapist and just kind of talk through things and they would be able to give me some tools. And so I did that and I took an awesome um, course through Kayleen Welsh, who I know you have yep. talked to her and know her. She's an amazing, amazing person in Viroqua. She was on our episode one for anybody that's listening that hasn't checked that one out. Kayleen was our first guest. And so I took her Journey Back to You class as well as I took the medication for a few months. But my intention when I started doing that was I wanted to dive deeper and figure out what was causing the root issue instead of just taking that and, and settling that that was going to be my end point and I was going to have to do that for the rest of my life. I wanted to figure out a natural way to deal with it and, mm-hmm. and figure out what caused it and get back to myself. And so I talked to my husband's aunt who had just recently taken a class and she said, I, I need a guinea pig and I'd like you to try this out. I think I think you would benefit from it. And she had taken a Reiki class. I had never heard of it, but I thought it couldn't hurt you. So I went and had my first session with her and I was hooked from that first session and I knew it was something I needed to know more about. And so I went home and started researching and in the researching, I had found out about chakras, which are energy points, and I had never heard of what a chakra was. And I have loved rainbows ever since I was a little girl because God has always sent me rainbows as just signs. He always has. And so I, when I Googled what a chakra was right away, the images came up and it, it was a rainbow. <laughs> and so that was kind of my sign that I needed to know more about this. And so I went and took a class in Platteville and was just kind of doing it on my own for myself, for my own personal healing. And I also had a son that had a hip issue. And so I used it basically for myself and then also to help him with pain management and healing as well. And then I did that and then went on and took my level two class and then went on a couple of years ago to finish up my master class and my teacher class. And I wasn't really at the point that I was ready to share it with the world because I wasn't ready to deal with any resistance of people that thought that it was voodoo or witchcraft or something that was not a positive thing at all because I knew what it did for me and I knew what it did for my son. And then my mom, ended up being in the hospital a couple summers ago. Um, and I had asked her if I could do Reiki on her. And she's like, well, I don't really know what it is, but it's not going to hurt me, right? Kind of the same conversation that I had had yeah. um, with my aunt. And so I did some sessions for her while she was in the hospital. And she had some amazing just experiences from it. And she said to me, why are you not sharing this? Mm. And I said, because I'm scared. And she said, why are you scared? 
And I said, I just don't, I just don't want to deal with people questioning me or telling me that it's this horrible thing because they don't know. And, and I said, I know what it has done for me and I know what it has done for my son. And she said, you need to share this. Mm. This is too good to keep a secret. And if mama says it's okay, <laughs> it's okay. And anybody that knows my mom knows, like, if Sue Fry says it's all right, it's all right. So that was kind of my here I come world. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing a lot of research. And just because I wanted to be able to have those conversations with the people that thought that it was voodoo-ish or witchcrafty and just have awesome conversations to explain to them that it's not. So I, I was going to say, so you really come from, because I feel like from conversations we've had and stuff that your faith is very important to you. So is that kind of the resistance that you thought you might run into was in your faith community? Completely. Yeah. Completely. And, and I have been very involved in church throughout my life. And anybody that knows me knows God and I have this great connection. Mm-hmm. We are buds. And so I just... I wasn't originally prepared to handle those conversations, but in doing my research, I I was ready and I I just that was part of I'm going to be somebody that helps bring this awesome modality mm. to Southwest Wisconsin to help people heal. And so basically that was kind of where my journey started and just being able to have those hard conversations and be prepared and and some of those people are my clients now. And and I've got to have some amazing, amazing conversations. And it's still something that a lot of people don't know what it is in this area. And, and I look forward to being somebody that helps bring knowledge and power to self-healing. Yeah. And so for people who don't know, like we're sitting in Boscobel, Wisconsin, about how many people are in Boscobel? Um, just under 4,000. Yeah, so fairly small town here in rural southwestern Wisconsin. I have my geography, right? I always get nervous that I say that, and they're like, that's not where we are. Like, <laughs> um, and it's interesting, though, in that way of, I think about this, like, as I've been traveling, and I come into these towns, and I, like, go through, and it's not always, like, a huge, like, with Kayleen last week in Barocco, like, they have two or three healing arts centers, like, you know, it's all of that. But in these smaller towns, it's like, if you really look, though, you'll find like, oh, there's a massage therapist, there's a Reiki practitioner, there's somebody doing, you know, intuitive readings. And so that's been this interesting thing of these small little towns that I see clients all the time with this barrier of, I can't be successful here because there's not enough people. And it's interesting because I love what Brene Brown says, which is always this phrase of like, the, the story I'm telling myself is, and I've applied that a lot into business of the story I'm telling myself is this town's too small to care about alternative healing or the story I'm telling myself is there's too many religious people and they're not going to buy into alternative healing. So I love that you've really found this way and found your place and really, I think, found this way that's doing your soul's work in the place you're supposed to be doing it with the people you're supposed to be doing it and helping, I think, in a lot of ways, like make some of the alternative stuff safe and comfortable for people of faith who maybe just don't know or haven't experienced it or, you know, cause I think that I do a lot of like kind of woo work that's out there. And I've seen sometimes the resistance on both sides where you have people that are very like intuitive spiritual people that have their judgment about organized religion or organized religion that has their judgment about super like woo and spiritual people. And I think you kind of walk beautifully in both of those worlds and kind of are this 
this this way of melding them and bringing them together. So what's like, what is your philosophy or your way that you've approached that? Because that has to be kind of, when you're first starting out, like kind of big and scary to take that on. It was big and scary. <laughs> and, and there's moments once in a while that I still feel it's big and scary. But then I just remember that it's not my battle. It's God's. Mm-hmm. And so I just give it back to God that God, this, this is your thing. You're the one that gave this to me. You have to help me take reins of <laughs> yeah. this battle. And, and so the biggest thing is just remembering it's not about me. And I always, I incorporate God very much into my Reiki. Um, some Reiki practitioners don't. And that's mm-hmm. the cool thing about Reiki is it's of God, but you can, not be a believer and still benefit from Reiki. But I very much incorporate Reiki um, and God as, as one in my practice. And so I open a Reiki session with a prayer. I also close it with a prayer. I pray over any money that I receive. I try to very much make it about God and just letting him use me to do that. And so just kind of balancing it back and forth. It's again, just having those hard conversations and it's, it's, helping people gain the knowledge and understanding that it's not wacky, weird stuff. It's, it's really cool. And, and I've really learned to embrace the term weird in voodoo (laughs) and, and kind of consider it a compliment because I don't want to do things the way everybody else is doing. I want to make a difference. I want to be a shining light. And, And it really goes back to when I was a little girl in the song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. If I have the same light as everybody else, we're shining the same thing. We all have a purpose. And I want to shine my light with my purpose bright for others to see because my purpose is to help others. And and I need to shine it bright for the ones that need my help to see me so I'm able to help them as well. I love that because I think that's such a sweet way of saying it. I have like a really ridiculous way of saying it. So yours is much sweeter and nicer. I don't know. We had met in a workshop that I had taught in Viroqua a few months ago. And I don't know. I think I used this analogy there. But so when I get my intuitive messages, a lot of times spirit gives me like weird pop culture references that are just like, seriously, that's what we're going with now. And so for what you're just describing, they always showed me like part of my work is helping entrepreneurs like come into alignment with their soul and why they're here and what they're supposed to be doing. And then they always show that as like when everything's in alignment, this light gets to shine, but the light they showed me instead of the sweet, lovely, <laughs> my this little light of mine, they, they show it to me as like care bears lined up with their bellies lit up. And so I always tell clients like, you got to get your care bear light, you know, <laughs> like, because it is, it's like, I think people are in the world and they're like, struggling in whatever way they're struggling mentally emotionally spiritually physically financially you know creatively whatever it is and they're looking for somebody in the world going gosh I just wish somebody was there to help guide me or somebody was there to help me figure this out or somebody was there to help me understand myself differently or come back home to myself or any of it and so they're looking around and if you don't have your light on full blast they're not going to find you And so I love that too, what you said about this really is like God's work and God's battle. And so whether we call it God, spirit, universe, divine, whatever language people want to use, it's, I think that's what soul alignment really is. It's you came here for whatever source you believe you're from for a higher purpose to be of service in some way. And so I think it's so beautiful that you found this thing for you of this is how you are meant in this life to be of service. What are some of the ways, like if we do have anybody that's listening that really identifies with 
and curious about some of these alternative things, but like they're in that, you know, frame of a lot of the folks that it sounds like you've interacted with and talked with and have as clients of, I don't want to do anything though that's against God or that's against my belief system or that is dabbling in anything that might not be so great. What's kind of like the the baseline of what you share with them about Reiki as an extension and, and being in service of something that is still from light? The biggest thing I would first tell people is if you're questioning it and you've done any research yourself and you're still questioning it, just please call me because mm -hmm. I, I have done the research. But the internet can be our friend. It can also not be our friend. <laughs> and you can Google everything and get all kinds of terrible stuff. And and definitely Reiki can be something that can be used in a dark way as well. Mm -hmm. Just like anything, I can get in a car and I can use it in a positive manner and put my seatbelt on, turn my lights on, go to the speed limit and use it correctly. Or I can get in a car, I can go crash into every mm -hmm. car on the street that I meet. The car is not the bad thing. The car was the tool or the thing that we use to do that. And so it, it's kind of like that, that Reiki is not this terrible thing, but sometimes it's used in a way that maybe is more of the dark side. I don't do any of that. It's, yeah. it's all of the light. And so basically they just need to do their research mm -hmm. and really look into what it is. And it really is of God. And in like in the Bible where it talks about Jesus laying of hands, mm -hmm. that's a lot of times that basically is the biggest understanding for people is realizing hands have that energy in them. Yeah. We use our hands every day. It's, it's an energy exchanging point. Mm -hmm. And so everybody can channel energy and there's just different levels of doing it. And so it's just doing your research and not assuming by the limitations that we have received from society and possibly our upbringing yeah. that it automatically is bad because we don't know anything about it. Yeah. And so that's the biggest challenge is just making sure people are doing their research. And, and anybody that knows me, knows I'm not going to do anything that is evil or witchcraft. That's, that's not how I operate. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's just a matter of doing research and calling me or go on Facebook and message me <laughs> on my personal page or on my business page. I'm, I'm open to having those conversations and to educating people because I want people to be able to use Reiki as a tool to heal for whatever reason they need to use it for. Well, and so then especially too, because I think about this, right, where like there's a concept of well, all the stuff that's going on that's like newer cools in big cities. So again, being excited about seeing alternative therapies, massage therapists, Reiki, all of it in a lot of smaller towns, of I think it really is spreading these different healing modalities into every pocket of our society, which is amazing. But for people then that are like, I don't really know a lot about it, but I'm curious or I want to do it or I'm open to it. You know, I say this even with like being a psychic medium of like, there are certain psychic mediums out there that are phenomenal and they're bringing in messages for your highest and best good. And there are psychic mediums out there that are not doing that. And they, you're not maybe going to be somebody that you're going to vibe with. They're not going to be somebody that has your highest and best intention at heart. Um, and so I just tell clients of, you know, really it goes with your vibe. It goes with, if you go to their website or you go to their Facebook, like, is that somebody that really clicks for you and really resonates? So do you think that's the same or similar with like a Reiki practitioner is like if somebody 
is in their area, they're not local even to here, and they're just online looking up of who around me is doing Reiki and they're trying to pick? Is there like a component of like vibe and energy or how would you recommend they kind of narrow down of like, who do I actually make that appointment with? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and if you're really in touch with your true self, you know what a vibe is mm -hmm. or that sevenths that we all have a sense. You yeah. just know. And I tell people a lot, trust your gut. Um, you, you know. And so whatever your initial response is to something, that's usually your, your gut telling you that or your soul telling you that. So really trust it. And so absolutely, I can walk into a room of people and right away just know stuff and feel a sense for somebody. And, and we all have that ability. And so absolutely, if somebody gives you a funky vibe, probably not the person that you <laughs> should be seeing. There's probably a reason you're getting that vibe. They're just not a alignment for you. And so keep searching, but absolutely just find somebody that works well for you. And I found something too, and I've heard people say it different ways, but actually it's funny of like how synchronicities work as I saw a post about it today on Instagram and I remember how they worded it. I'm notorious for butchering quotes, but it was along the lines of, um, now it's going to go out of my head. It was along the lines of basically that just because like somebody's not the right messenger for you, that you can trust that because they're saying basically like there's the message, there's like source, God, universe, divine, somebody on the other side, whoever's trying to bring that message to you, the message itself, and then you, and then there's a messenger that's the person bringing it forth. And so maybe you're like, oh, I really want to go have Reiki or a card reading or mediumship reading or whatever with this person doing woo or intuitive work. And then maybe like I might, this happen to my mom where it's like, the lady she was going to go have a card reading with, like the, her kids had a snow day, so she had to reschedule. And then another one got sick, so she had to reschedule. And so we're talking about it. And I was like, I don't think this is the right messenger for you because it just wasn't coming together easily. It was all this like difficulty. And like, she was like, I don't know, something just kind of feels off. And it's like, well, if it feels off, it's not like any diss to this woman as a practitioner, but maybe it's just not the messenger for you. And I think Absolutely. about that even with energy work, right? A lot of ways it is you're bringing forth like this wisdom and this knowledge and this intuition as this messenger in those sessions. So it's really the right person to be that messenger for whatever it is they're here to receive. I agree. Awesome. Oh, I'm excited. I now I want to go have a Reiki session. So. <laughs> All right. I want to switch gears just a little bit and talk about... Um, a couple things. And I'm looking at my notes, you guys, full disclosure. And <laughs> switching a little bit more specifically into entrepreneurship. And I love, we had talked about this a little bit at the beginning. Like, is entrepreneurship something that you're like, yes, I'm an entrepreneur? Or is it <laughs> a different reaction for you? It's She's a, making a great face, you guys. That's what I'm laughing at. <laughs> it's a big, fancy word. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I, I look at it as you're a leader. You're somebody that is a game changer. The, the phrase that I always think of that is kind of my, my go-to is make waves. And so when I think of entrepreneur, that's what I think of. Like, I am here to make waves. I'm not here to set and just, just set. I want to make waves. I want to make I want to incorporate change yeah. in others. That's what I want to promote. And so that's 
that's pretty much other than a big fancy word for leader <laughs> that that's what just resonates with me when I think of that and I and love that because I always talk about like shifting the paradigm but it's the same thing it's like you're actually out creating some sort of ripple with your life you know and I think that's so neat because we had talked about this a little bit earlier too of like I think people get kind of stuck in this like old paradigm traditional way of entrepreneur which is like I want to go out, I'm going to work really hard, I'm going to hustle to try to make a billion dollars or to make to be able to do a pitch on Shark Tank or to be the next Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk or whatever. But I think for like the majority of us out there who are entrepreneurs, like that's not the reality that we want. That's not what we're pursuing. Like it really is making waves or being of service in our lives to have this impact on other people in the way that we know that we were born and we're here in this life to really have that impact. I love that. Making waves. I might steal and that. And shine your light. Shine your light. Maybe like a Care Bear. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, and I did want to talk about too, because I think, you know, going back to, again, that Brene Brown phrase of the story I'm telling myself is, and I see a lot of clients encounter like, oh, I'm not really an entrepreneur because, and it gets into some limitation they see on themselves. Like, I'm not really an entrepreneur because I don't have X number of clients or I don't have X number of revenue or I'm working another job and I'm doing this on the side or I'm a mom or I'm a parent and I have all these other obligations so I don't get to you know, show up and do X, Y, or Z. Like They kind of come up with this big story of here are all the things that I'm not or I'm lacking or I'm not doing enough or the right way, therefore I'm not an entrepreneur. And I know for you, you work a full-time job in addition to doing your Reiki work. So is that something that you've encountered in your own life of kind of this, like, I am actually an entrepreneur, even if I'm not doing it in this whatever BS story in my head? <laughs> yes. And I, I have to tell myself it's not my part-time job. It's not my side job. I hate it's... the phrase side hustle even. I'm sorry <laughs> if I offend anyone. I hate the phrase side hustle. It's just... It's what I do. It's it's my soul job. And so, yes, I do work full time. Soul job. Yes. Yes. It's my soul job. So I do work full time, love my full time job, but just have to have my soul job to make sure I'm being a servant. And and I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. I'm a wife. I am a lot of things to a lot of people. And my friendships are important. My family is extremely important. So I have a lot of roles. And so I just have to balance that. And so right now in my life, being a Reiki master is just part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I get to practice it and I get to do it. And it's not providing a full income. That's completely fine. Right now, the purpose in my life for it to fulfill is to do it as needed for people that need it. I'm not doing it to make money. I'm doing it to help people heal because it's my way of being a servant. Mm -hmm. And so that's my biggest thing is trying to have different ways in my life to be a servant. And in all of my different roles, whether it's my full-time job, being a mom, being a wife, being a Reiki practitioner, I'm serving in one way, shape, or form. And that's ultimately, that's my goal. Because if, if I'm serving, then it's not about me. It's it's about the bigger picture and about God and, and about how I'm making my mark. So when I leave this world, hopefully that light's going to continue to shine bright. Yeah. 
I feel like in a lot of ways too, like when you're really of service to others, it's, you know, that concept of, well, of like the, the purpose of going to a healer isn't because they heal you. It's that they spark the healing inside of you. 100% agree with that statement. And I think about that with like your concept of the light. Like if you're sparking this healing in other people, it's like, of course your light's going to live on because you've actually helped light or brighten light for other people through the way you're serving. Yes. And I have, I use it a little bit in the beginning where the whole magic concept, Mm -hmm. people get scared when you say, oh, you're doing magic. (laughs) I am not doing magic. I am doing God's work. Yes, God's work is pretty stinking magical if you ask me. And so I am not doing magic. I'm just using God's ability that he gives me as a gift to use that for somebody else. And that is pretty magical. And so whether it's rainbow sprinkles, unicorns, (laughs) whatever you want to label it as. I'm stealing every single one of your catchphrases, (laughs) just so we're clear. (laughs) It's just pure awesomeness. And so a lot of times people are like, oh, that was the most magical thing ever. Or you have magic hands. I don't have any of that. That's just people's interpretation of saying that was awesome or that was great. And, And people not to, oh, they said magic. That means it's voodoo. Like she's going to have the wizards coming out and the crystal balls. Like it is not what it is at all. And so it's just really getting people to understand that it's, it's a gift from God that we should be tapping into. And so many people live at a level where God is in this box and he's not, you can get up in the morning and you can pray And you can pray at your lunchtime and you can pray when you go to bed if that's what works for you. I choose to sprinkle God throughout my whole day and and use the tools that he's utilizing. And and that's what he wants us to do is not just have a 6 a.m. relationship with us and a bedtime at 9 p.m. relationship with Mm -hmm. us. He wants to have a relationship with us all day long. And and that's what I love about Reiki is I can do Reiki all day long. <laughs> it's it's not putting it in a box that I can yeah. only do it with clients in a session. Yep. I in do this Reiki. one space yes. with this one thing. I have to have all of these tools. I must be wearing these clothes. And if I didn't have the proper breakfast, I can't do it all. <laughs> Absolutely. And I have I have two little boys that <laughs> most nights before bed, Mom, will you do Reiki on me? And I'm not sitting mm-hmm. in the Reiki room at the office doing Reiki. I'm sitting in my recliner with one of my little ones sprawled out across me and I'm doing Reiki on them. I can be anywhere doing Reiki on somebody. It's not limited, it's not in a box. Well, and I have to say too, what I really love about, like I think your vibe and energy and why I wanted to have you as a guest on one of the episodes was like, I'm trying to sound this out. This is not something we talked about ahead of time. I love because sitting here and talking to you and feeling your energy, like you don't come from this place of ego at all, like 0%. It's really coming from, I'm just a tool. I'm a conduit. I'm able to be of service in this way and have this ripple. And that's something that I absolutely love. And to me, like that is a rebellious entrepreneur. Like that's a non-negotiable part of it, of it has to be, I'm being of service to my soul, being of service to my higher power, whatever I believe that is, and I'm expressing what my soul's here to do in this life. And I struggle with like kind of sounding that out because I have encountered 
other healers and stuff because we're all in our human form, on our human journey, learning our stuff. But definitely, I think there's a marked energy difference of somebody that's coming at their healing going, I'm causing the healing. I'm in the room, taking up space, making it happen. Because I know I've struggled with that myself of times of being like, well, am I good enough to be doing this? And then taking that step back going, it has absolutely nothing to do with me. I'm just open and aware of the gifts that I have and I want to work with them and my soul's journey is to be here and use my gifts. And so I just need to get in the room and shut up and open up and be the channel and let that come through. And so I love that about your energy of it. It 100% comes from this place and it's palpable to feel it from you of soul and of truth in that way of this is really how your soul is here to be of service. I had one question too of when you talk about like self-healing and opening that up with people, because I do think, you know, it gets into all these other aspects of woo, where I really believe like every single person who's alive right now is intuitive. I think every single person that's alive right now is a healer, whether or not that's like your soul's work to use in like a big ripple way, maybe, maybe not, but I think we all are. So do you feel that too with like magic hands or I had an ex tell me I had really smart hands because I was understanding now that it was a layer of energy work that I wasn't really aware of, but being able to like use your body, your intuitive sense or any of that, like, do you find that a lot with people if we all really actually are able to work with energy? Absolutely. And when I took my first class and then my following classes as well, some of the people that were in the class, they weren't sure, or they were very self-conscious about, am I doing it right? Am I doing it? I have never questioned that because I knew it completely aligned with me and that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I just trusted that I was putting my hands where I needed to put them. And just, I don't even know how to explain it, to put it into words. I just knew. Mm -hmm. And, and it very much aligned with my heart and deep into my soul. And I, I just knew that it was right. And, and I can feel it during a session. I can feel it when I do Reiki on myself at night before I go to bed. I just, it's this great piece. My seven-year-old, like when I ask him sometimes after I do Reiki on him, I'll say, how are you feeling? Did you feel anything? Are you, and my seven-year-old does not use the word peace basketball and sports are what are usually coming out of his mouth. And he said, I feel peace, mom. And I just, I'm like, that is exactly what it is. And if my seven-year-old can label that as peace, anybody can do that as an adult. It's just shutting down all of that, those constant tabs going on in our Mm. head that we allow our mind to take over and just calming those down and silencing them so our soul can really step up and just be who it needs to be. And when you're in alignment and that rainbow of chakras is just shining bright, it's awesome. And and I say, it's kind of like when you go to the chiropractor and you get an adjustment for your back, Reiki is kind of like an adjustment for your soul. And and so that's kind of one of my other little tags is (laughs) it's an adjustment for your soul. And, and I also have said it, it's really like sunshine for your soul because when you are in alignment, kind of how you talked about your light shining above your head, mm-hmm. then it's like that sunshine. It it just it just hits you on the inside where you just you just feel good. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, I could talk to you forever. <laughs> okay, I have a few more questions. Let's see. So I always want to talk about, not that I ever really want to focus on the negative, but I think that that is real, especially like as we, you know, kind of back up for a second, I'll say this more articulately, is I feel like for us in the world who are called to be entrepreneurs is like it comes from this place of soul of here's this way I want to be of service. Here's this thing that I know how to do and it resonates deeply with me and I'm going to put my shingle in the world and I'm going to do it. And that part's like the easy part and the fun part and the like feels good part. But then there's like that reality of like, oh shit, like I'm an entrepreneur now and that's a whole... thing that I may or may not know stuff about or feel totally comfortable and confident with. And like that kind of sometimes gets into, I think it's our, our trigger points to help us grow and expand as souls. And it's like stuff we're here to learn. And it's just like practical world stuff that we don't know unless you're in the world as an entrepreneur. So as you've been on this journey and like doing your soul's work and, and building a business around that, what has been like an unexpectedly, it can be like something serious or something kind of just like comical that you want to share of this was like a, huh, this is like an entrepreneurial thing I ran into that I was like, I don't know how to do this. Or yeah, that was really hard. Or this was my like opportunity for major growth because that was not a thing I thought of by hanging my shingle in the world. Um, and that was the most long winded way to ask that question. <laughs> I think the first time that it wasn't all rainbows and unicorns for me (laughs) was I had initially practiced out of my home and then about a year ago um, moved into a room that I rent at Healing Hands and Souls. And so you're dealing with more clients and some that maybe you don't know on a personal level. And so you're, you're bringing in, in essence, strangers. And so you, you, You have to just trust you're doing what you need to do. And I think one thing that was hard for me was my first bounce check. Oh, yeah. And how do you deal with that? And, oh, there might be some confrontation with that. And and how do you handle that? But luckily, in my full-time job, I deal with customer service. And so I, I have those skills. And so just having that conversation and, and having to look at it from a business aspect, because I didn't ever want to accept money for Reiki Mm because that was hard for me to do that. And so then it was, okay, well, do I just let it go and let that? And it's like, no, that this has to be part of your business. You, you can't, you, you set up expectations. You can't allow that to happen. And and so it was a conversation that actually went really well. It's a client that has came to see me after that. Yeah. And and so, yeah, just that was probably the first like, whoa, this is an all sunshine <laughs> moment. And, and you have to be a big girl and you have to Ugh. run your business. And, and I'm very grateful in that aspect for um, Carrie, who actually owns Healing Hands and Souls. She has been such an amazing just mentor Mm -hmm. about stuff from the business end of it. And I'm able to bounce stuff off her. And she, she's been doing this for a long time and she's done an incredible job. And so I just love looking to her for ideas and feedback and just her advice because she does a tremendous job. And I'm very thankful for her offering me to have this opportunity as well to rent a room in an already established business. And it just, it's really a great, there's four of us that are in the building that work together and we have this awesome cohesiveness and I love it. 
Well, and again, like, again, this is a town of about 4,000 people. So to have like four alternative healer practitioners in this town, in a building together, you guys have like the cutest space I've been in here. I just, I think that speaks volumes to like the work that she's done to get it established, but then to find that right blend of people too, to be able to be here and, and have a presence in the community and have, you know, to, to establish a business is one thing, but then to maintain a business, especially in a town that has to kind of, it's new, it's different than maybe what has been here before. So I think that's all phenomenal. And I love too the thing with, you know, I think a lot of us who are doing healing work run into this barrier of, I don't want to charge money for it because it should be free. And I know that's something like I've struggled with. That's something I've had a ton of clients struggle with. So I appreciate your honesty about that because I just did an email this week talking about um, fair energetic exchanges because money is a stand-in for energy. And so, but as an entrepreneur, like we know that and we're working on it, but I think sometimes we get these little soul tests to help us like really anchor into, okay, am I totally okay with the fact this is an energetic exchange? Am, am I totally okay with what I'm charging? And it's, it's fascinating and interesting, but it's also really, it's that I always say entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship is the most intense personal development course you'll ever go through. And we get all these opportunities to really do that personal development work of, yeah, you know, this is an energetic exchange. This is how much it costs. I need to be compensated for that. But it's, it's a doozy. Was that kind of when you made that transition, was part of it getting like an established outside of the home office an aspect of it? Or kind of what was that journey like for you to really start going, I should charge for this and it's okay and safe for me to charge for this? I had talked to a lady in Platteville that has a successful business. And um, also my aunt that does Reiki also um, had been having conversation. And it just was kind of that point of, it was time and, and we both knew cause we kind of have been doing our practices yeah. separate, but together. And it just, when it became time, it became time. And then before it was kind of, we would charge them whatever. If you're a friend, you kind of would get this amount or family would be free. And, um, and so it just, it was just setting that point that we're going to make it official. Yeah. And in order to make it official, we have to have some business strategy stuff going on. And price is something that is part of that. Yeah. And you have to, if you offer it for free, everybody will take it and the right people will not come to you. Yeah. And so if you set a fee that is in alignment with people it, because like you said, it's an exchange. And so if people have to give money to receive a service, then there's ownership of energy with them yeah. involved in that as well. And so they're not just coming and eating the free meal. They are investing in it. And when they are emotionally and energetically investing yes. in my view, they're getting more out of it. Yes. And so I just, I think that exchange is important. I don't have a, a tremendous rate at all. It's $35 for a half an hour, yeah. um, which is a very like going rate. It, it's cheaper than some surrounding areas, but I, for this area, I think it's, it's very, very fair. And I, I think that I'm good with it. And yeah. if somebody is not okay with it, then they're not aligned to need to come to me because maybe they're meant to go to somebody else and, yeah. and I'm okay with that. And, but it, for me, it's never about money. So if, if somebody seriously came to me that was having an issue that needed assistance, 
I would gladly help them in any way I could and and maybe not charge them. Mm-hmm. And and so that's not me putting out there that, oh, it's free for everybody. Not at all. But I also, as a servant, there's also going to be times where my service will be of donation mm-hmm. or free or whatever. But I just, I really try to just trust my gut on stuff like that and, and go with it. Well, and I think too, it goes back to that earlier thing we said about, you know, the point of going to a healer is that you are not healing other people. You're sparking healing. And I know for myself, I struggled a lot when I started my business of, you know, what am I going to charge? I really thought when I started that I was going to be a traditional marketing consultant. I was doing intuitive work on the side and I was like, these two worlds do not coexist. They are separate entities. And spirit kept showing up to all my business meetings like, okay, hey, we want to talk to these people and you have messages and like you got work to do. Um, And so when I finally started melding them, it really came into this whole thing of I need to be in fair energetic exchanges, like I need to raise my rates. And I'll never forget, I had doubled my rate a few months in because I was charging like peanuts. I think it was like $60 an hour. I was working with a bajillion clients. I was working 20, 22 hour days. I was burnt out to the max. So I doubled my rate to $120 an hour as like my base rate. And I remember I had a, a client that had started doing a couple sessions with me and we're, we're sitting there and she looks at me, she's like, why are you worth that? And of course, that's like my trigger of like all of my like, I don't know why I'm worth that, you know, but I instead I sat there and I like took a breath and I like was able to say like, here's the training and education I have. Here's what I know, how I bring to the, what I'm bringing to the table. Here's how I work. And it was this huge growth moment of like having to say like, I am worth that, right? But then also too of, I need you to be invested in what you're doing. And that's the, that is a rate that people are invested to be doing the work. It's not just wanting to come in and go, oh, I'm going to hire China and I'll pay her a bunch of hours and like, she'll just do it for me. But really about I'm invested in this as a strategy or as an aspect of my business or doing the like an interpersonal soul work I need to do to grow and expand. And so it's interesting though, and I have a few clients, we've had some discussions about rates and in really going through and sitting with how many clients are you working with? Like kind of what, what are your numbers? Like how much income do you want to have coming in? How many clients do you have? What are you charging? And I had one client where it was kind of this like breakthrough sort of conversation. And this is the most recent, but this happened numerous times with other clients where we realize, wow, the number of clients you're seeing is substantial versus if you charge the rate that you're supposed to be charging, you could be working with like a third of the clients. And it was funny was we started talking about if you have this heart that wants to serve or a soul that wants to serve, if you are at a place of financial peace, whatever that is, whether you're trying to make a full-time income or a part-time income or whatever, but if you're able to do it from this place of financially, I'm stable, my family's taken care of, I'm taken care of, you can then have two or three slots or whatever that looks like in your business model that like, these are free ones I'm going to do every month, or these are ones that I can do at a sliding scale, or these are ones I can donate, or they can be part of my like way that I'm just gifting and and contributing in my church or in my community. And you can feel phenomenal about doing that because it's a fair energetic exchange because you're financially in these fair energetic exchanges. And I think too, as we talk about like shifting the paradigm or making waves, like this is a huge part for us as entrepreneurs to take ownership of, of like, there are so many layers to it's not just about money or our own worth but that's a huge part to work on but it's also about it needs to have this compensation because I think about I said this the other day I was talking to my grandma I said the money's in the hands of the wrong people I want money to be in the hands of people that are soul and entrepreneurs and creatives and healers that see themselves I'm going to be a conduit of money I'm just going to keep passing around or redistributing it to people that need it or causes that need it I'm not going to hoard it or hold on to it I'm going to keep giving 
And so I think about as we build businesses, like that's where our money's going, where when clients pay us, that's what we're doing with our money. So it's phenomenal to think about that. My last piece, and I'll get off my money soapbox. <laughs> I think about too, of a lot of us have, whether you just look at it like in a historical context or if you believe past lives or whatever, but this layer of people always go, oh, well, it was so much easier back, you know, back in the day of whatever time period we're thinking, but where somebody was maybe a healer or an intuitive or whatever for a town or a community or a tribe. And they're like, they just get to, they had their food provided and their clothes provided and their house provided. They just got to be a healer. And obviously we've had a lot of other history that's happened since that time, but I always tell clients too, like, I feel like in a way we're coming back to that, but instead of it being like, oh, I'm going to just give you these clothes and this food in this house, money is the stand-in of now you get choice and free will to buy the clothes and the food in the house you want, but you're still like entering into, I'm going to be of service to this community in a really beautiful, intentional, high vibrational way. And the community is going to support me but we have to be open to those like energetic exchanges to actually like be supported by the community and serve the community. So I, that part just makes me really excited of all of these pieces of money. But the origin a lot of times is like these really kind of crappy things that happen in business. We're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And the check bounced or the, I had somebody come to a workshop and she never paid. And it was a very like expensive workshop I did. And like, she just showed up and I was like staffing the door by myself and doing the whole thing alone. And I didn't know what to do. And so I just told her, like, well, you can pay. Like, I can send you the link right now online. And she didn't want to pay online. And it was this whole, like, weird, awkward mess. And so it ended up that I was, like, needed to email her. And so long story short, she never paid for the workshop. And I still, like, energetically feel weird about it. But it was, like, that happened in this way of, oh, what are the pieces here now that I need to figure out to make sure people are actually paying for my time and energy? But it's, like, usually kind of this, like, nasty, awkward, uncomfortable start. <laughs> Sorry, that was very long-winded, but I am excited about the money aspect because I think that's a piece a lot of us struggle with in our businesses. How does it feel now too for you in, you've been doing it a while, you've been doing energetic exchanges more intentionally for a while. Does it get easier? I think that's like a word of excitement for entrepreneurs. Does the money stuff get easier? Does the exchange get easier? It does. Now it, it's just part of it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. My rambling is done. What would be a piece of advice or advice that you would give for somebody that has this like soul calling of, I want to be here to be of service in this life. It feels like an entrepreneurial nudge, but they're either too scared to take the leap and do it, or they've kind of stuck their toe out there and now they feel stuck in the sense of, I'm not, I don't really know what I'm doing, or I don't know how to do it in a way that like it's a business or it makes sense, or I'm encountering resistance in my community anything kind of paralleling with all the beautiful stuff you've shared with us today of what would be your advice to a newer or a stuck entrepreneur? My biggest advice could pretty much be summed up in two words. And that would be reach out, reach out to other like-minded people that have done the same thing because we, we've all been there, done that. And, and that's one of the awesome things is we might be able to help prevent you from some stumbling steps yourself. And, and you all have to stumble somewhat. It's part of the journey. But reaching out to other people that have been there, done that, and, and have been successful. Because when you're having a rough moment, because when you get started, anytime you're working on your own, you're, it's not going to just be awesome all the time. You're going to have some yo-yo moments. And when you have those low moments, especially the first one, that's when self-doubt kicks mm. in or fear or all those things that just are not 
positive, great, awesome feelings and people naturally revert back. And, and that's, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to keep going. And it's kind of like climbing the mountain. It's tough getting there, but once you get there, you're going to look down and it's going to be worth it. And so you just have to keep going and, and reach out to people that have done it and use them as, as your foundation for knowing that you can do it. And it's a lot of internal diving and really getting to know yourself. And that's scary if you have just been somebody that just went about life and just did things monotonous, like day in and day out, you, you didn't have to really get to know yourself and dig deep. And what is your why? And why are you wanting to do this? And why do you want to make waves and cause people to think things they don't think right now? And, and you just have to really dig deep and know that you at a foundational level are prepared for that. And, and you need a support system to do that. So when you kind of reference the Care Bear thing earlier, that's really what you need is not to be on your own, to really have a support system and, and just reach out because there are so many people there that are not just able to help. They're wanting to help because that helps them with their soul work too, is in helping others. It's, it's constantly a building community of helping others. And so, yeah, reach out. How do you think too? Cause I loved the part of, you know, your own journey of, of making waves and knowing like, here's this like beautiful soul calling that I have but I also have this fear that it might not be accepted or it might not be understood. Like that had to be very difficult. And I think there's probably a lot of people in their own versions of that of, oh gosh, like I know this is really what I want to do and what I'm here to do, but I'm completely terrified. Maybe my traditional support system is not going to support me or the people that I used to be connected to always for everything or my community groups I'm involved in. How do you, how would you advise or what would you say to help kind of give them some guidance to navigate that of, yeah, you might be doing something different, but here's how you kind of find those cheerleaders, those helpers that are, are still going to be rooting for you. You know, when you walk into a room, who causes you to feel happy and who causes you to feel like you want to turn around and go back home (laughs) or, you know, you just know, I call that group of people, my vibe tribe, Mm -hmm. and you have to find those individuals and they might not be part of your family. They might not even be your friends that you hang out with all of the time. It might be p- people that you only see once every so often, but when you see them, they make you feel like you can take on the world. Those are people that are your vibe tribe and you need to reach out to them people and utilize their soul mission along with your own because they're the ones that are really going to help you make the waves and they're the ones that are going to give you the advice they're not going to be the ones that are going to coddle you and say oh well maybe you shouldn't do that they're going to be the ones that what are you talking about get your ass out there and do it (laughs) like you were not born to just sit here like they're the ones that are going to help encourage you to buck up and make a difference like you're supposed to be I love that because I, I think, too, it's that, you know, we get really stuck in the familiar. They would say, like, you're, you're most like the five people or whatever the number is that you hang out with. And I, I think about I have beautiful people in my life. I have amazing people in my life. And I always kind of have in their own ways. But I always haven't had people in my life that I'm ready or willing or feel that I can tell 
my big scary secrets or ideas to. And so I, I love that in the sense of it might be different people. It might be somebody they're like, I just really resonate with them. And I think about that too. I don't believe in competition. And I think sometimes we get really wrapped up of like, oh, they're doing work similar to what I'd want to do, or they're already established. Like they're going to, they're not going to be wanting to help me be brand new in this. But the reality is they might be, like you said, really excited because it might give them an opportunity to collaborate or it might help them grow and expand in their own business or their own soul work. Or they might be sitting there going, God, like, please send me somebody that's a kindred spirit that wants to do this too. And then you're the person that crossed their path because there's something they needed. So I love that of it might be outside of your normal bubble and your normal, normal social circle, but you've got people. I have lots of people. I love that. Last question, or maybe technically second to last question, of I always love to talk about rebellious entrepreneurs. And so this is unfiltered conversations with rebellious entrepreneurs. What does that term mean to you? Or how do you feel you embody the vibe and the energy of being a rebellious entrepreneur? I think rebellious is one of my favorite words because it's not going with the crowd. It's being okay with standing out. And that very much is who I am. I'm, I'm totally a rule follower and I do things how they're supposed to be done, but I'm also not scared to stand up against somebody or whoever, whatever it may be, if I'm, if it's something that I'm passionate about and I, I don't know. I just, it's something that I just think is you have to just not be scared to be yourself. Mm. And I seen a quote one time that said, be yourself because everybody else is already taken. And it just, (laughs) It's so simple, but so true. And we don't need a hundred of the same people. We need people that are just themselves. And and if other people want to not be in alignment with you and not come to you, that's okay. And, and just really embracing yourself and your uniqueness, because that's where true happiness and true inner peace is really going to come from. And And my relationship with myself and also my relationship on a spiritual level and my relationship with God, it really has became a direct relationship. And it just, it's an experience that when I was letting myself be at a level where I didn't try to go against the grain or I didn't try to be different and be bold. That's when you're just like everybody else. And, and I don't want to be like that. When people look back, when I'm years and years Mm -hmm. gone and they talk about Billy Joe Ralph, I want to be the one that made a difference and that wasn't scared and did crazy, silly things that, made a difference and impacted other people's lives. And so when I think of rebellious entrepreneur, that's that's being bold. And, and the statements that I have said about making waves, making waves. And, and shining your light and shining it bright and just living your life in color, just 
it it's all of those things and not being scared to put yourself out there and people are going to judge you. They're going to judge you whether you do something right or wrong. Mm -hmm. So you might as well be yourself and enjoy it while you can. Yes. <sighs> I love that. Anything else that you want to add that we didn't get to or I rambled over or you want to expand upon? <laughs> I think I'm good. Awesome. I just hope that somebody is going to hear this and something is going to resonate with them and it's going to spark an interest or something so they're able to learn more and able to experience it because it really is truly something that you can't put words to describe. Reiki is just an amazing, amazing thing. I love it. This has been absolutely the most fun hour and five minutes that we've had. I've enjoyed it. I love all of the different pieces we got into. We're going to, just like with every episode, we'll have episode notes with this. This will be episode two. So you can go and we'll link up to everything so you can get a hold of Billy Joe Ralph and learn a little bit more about Reiki. And if you're in Boscobel, near Boscobel, find yourself in Wisconsin, you can go ahead and book a session with her and experience it for yourself. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Billy. I'm so grateful that you took a leap with me. This is still early days in the podcast, so I'm grateful for everybody that's like, yeah, I'll try it. I'll be a guest with you. <laughs> so thank you very, very much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Entrebellion Tapes. To learn more about our guest and for the complete episode notes, you can head over to chinahaws.com slash podcast. Also there, you'll find more information about upcoming conversations, the form you can fill out if you'd like to join us as a rebellious entrepreneur on a future episode, and links to our social media and so much more. Again, chinahaws.com slash podcast.